mindfulness mode 410. I don't want, figuratively speaking, a bunch of dead bodies in the wake of my career. It's just not worth it. Because someday, someday, you're going to answer for it. Hey, Mindful Tribe, it's March 17th, and here in Canada, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day on the 17th of March every year, so I can say to you, happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm glad you're here to listen to today's episode. Mindful Tribe, before I tell you about today's guest, I want to give you a chance to rev up your own level of mindfulness in a huge way. Back on episode 383, I interviewed my friend Keith McPherson. Well, he's a mindfulness and meditation teacher and a yoga guy. You can always go back to mindfulnessmode.com slash 383, and that'll take you right into the episode. Well, Keith McPherson, wow, he's amazing. He's created an outstanding online course called Making Sense of Mindfulness, And he's made it possible for you, Mindful Tribe, to get your hands on his course. I've studied through his course myself, and I'll tell you, it's without a doubt one of the best mindfulness courses out there. It's it's personal, it's thorough, it's intensive, and Keith is a fantastic, gentle teacher who teaches in the same spirit that I do. The course is not free, but it's, a, it's, it's just worth every single penny, in my opinion. Check it out at mindfulnessmode.com slash M-S-O-M, which stands for Making Sense of Mindfulness. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode with Daniel Guterres. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I've got an awesome guest with me today, and I was just saying to him, I've been listening to him and listened to him hundreds of times on a show that he used to do. His name is Daniel Guterres. Daniel, are you in mindfulness mode today? Absolutely. Always. Radically mindful. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And that is the name of Daniel's new book. It's called Radical Mindfulness. And the subtitle is Understanding How Being Present in Life Delivers Results. Mm -hmm. And we talk about being present, but when you know it delivers results, that's even better, isn't it, Daniel? Oh, absolutely. I think that that people get so caught up um, in the past and the future that whatever they fear at the end of the month becomes so. Yes. And so when we're not present, then we only perpetuate the, the fear that we have by staying frozen. And when we're frozen, there's no action. And when there's no action, then we get to be right at the end of the month when we say we can't pay the rent. You can't pay the rent because you've been sitting on your butt frozen all, all month. <laughs> well, you are like the mindfulness guy in so many ways. You've been digging into this topic for years. What does mindfulness truly mean to you? You know, mindfulness by itself is simply awareness. You can eat, be aware while you're eating. You have an awareness when you're eating. You can have awareness when you're studying. You have awareness when you're relating but I found that mindfulness by itself wasn't enough because if, and I'll give you an example. So for those of you that practice yoga or meditation or essential oils or whatever it may be that you use to bring yourself into the present moment, I realized that people were doing that because you, as you know, Bruce, there's this fad called mindfulness now and everyone's yes. talking about it and corporate's talking about it and you can watch mindfulness on commercials and it's ridiculous to hear them say these things. They don't know what they're talking about. But what happens is, is that it's become such a mainstream word 
that people believe that going and doing yoga for 30 minutes is all they have to do. And I disagree with that. I think that that's the beginning of the practice. So I call the, the, the practice of mindfulness radical. Why is it radical? Because it really does take an increased focus to stay in the moment more than not. So the other day I was in an ashram. Now, I got to be honest with you. I was thinking, what can I teach a bunch of yogis? What am I going to teach people who meditate all day long? Right. What can I possibly say to them? And so I'm looking at them and they're looking at me and I'm really dumbfounded. Like, you know, yeah. uh, uh, so I finally said to them, I said, you know what? Let me, let me state the obvious. You are yogis. You know, you, you, you have a practice, or at least you say you have a practice of mindfulness. Sure. I said, but I got a question. At the end of this place you call the ashram, which is beautifully peaceful and calm, when you back out of the driveway, you back onto a five-lane road that's fast and busy and scary, at least if you're backing out. What happens when you back out and someone almost hits you? Do you start screaming profanity, fingers, and everything else? and Or do you stop and breathe? I know you don't stop and breathe. So then you have no practice. <laughs> <laughs> and they were what all the- dumbfounded by that. They were like, that's so true. <laughs> because you're taught to breathe first, not react. Right. And so, so if you back out of that road and you react, then you have no practice. That's why I call it radical. Because it's radical that we could think. Now, I don't believe that we can get to 100%. I don't even know if we can get to 75%. But the closer we get to it, it means that we're in a state of mindfulness and we're present more than we're not. And that's very important. Well, it is important. And uh, I know that you've come from a corporate place. I want to share a little bit more about you, Daniel, with Mindful Tribe. Daniel Guter is, is a consultant, author, and motivational speaker. And he was once a high-powered executive who graced the covers of many business magazines. And then Daniel realized that there was more to success than a seven-figure seven earning potential. He he went forward with this idea and he mastered his outer game. But his intuition told him that to feel fulfilled, he must also master his inner game. Mm. And because of this, at the height of his career, he left it all behind and dedicated the next chapter of his life to becoming a master of mindfulness. And during the past 10 years, he's led nearly 30 quests into the the heights of the Machu Picchu and the depths of the Amazon and the top of the Himalayas. And whoa, like this is just <laughs> incredible, Daniel. And now he's been featured in documentary. And I just checked it out a few nights ago. It's called Luminous World Views. And he's one of the 18 world-renowned thought leaders. And he's even appeared as a special guest at Carnegie Hall. I can't wait to talk about that, Daniel. Yeah. So one of the one of the things that I read is that you have turned cubicles from a place of stress to pads of serenity. Doesn't that sound good? <laughs> Doesn't that sound amazing? How did you do that, Daniel? I think that that, you know, I teach in my book that we could have peace and tranquility in, in as little as 60 seconds. And 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 those that have been practicing for a long time have their eyebrow raise up and go, Daniel, come on, 60 seconds. And then, of course, my answer, Bruce, is always, how long have you been practicing? And they'll say, oh, 20, 30 years, and you should be able to do it in 10. Well, yeah, I was just right. going to say, yeah, you could do that in five Instant. or 10 seconds Instant. for sure. 
It's if yeah. you practice and you have a practice, I could be driving and meditating. Of course. I have my eyes open. I'm paying attention, but I'm in that state of, of awareness and presence. And so with, with corporate, what I'm trying to teach them is that I get that it's busy. I always have that person on the seven to fifth floor in Manhattan in mind. Cause there's even, even in 75 floors, there's noise, 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 noise. And, and what I'm trying to get them to understand is if you could just take 60 seconds, which I know is a lot because we can't even sit at a red light, 60 seconds, that, that just breathing, forget everything else, just breathing and recognizing your breath, that you can change your life. Now, why would it change your life? Because if you give yourself 60 seconds and you truly stay present for six, you'll give yourself 121. That's why I started, 120, 180. Next thing you know, you've got 10 minutes put together and you're not reacting to life rather than living life right that makes sense yeah you you have to just take that time to practice and then soon you will be able to well maybe not soon but eventually yeah. you will be but, able but to you do get that the benefits right away i mean right now for all those right. that are watching watching this broadcast just take a deep breath just and release the tension from your shoulders that's instant that doesn't take practice. It no. takes practice to stream them together, but it can be done immediately, and that changes lives. Well, in your new book, you reveal some of the most empowering ways to live mindfully. Yes. And what are some of those most well, empowering? Can have, you give us a sneak peek? Yeah, sure. I have five practices and six steps. So I'm going to give you one practice and okay. one step. How's that? Yeah, so, that's, that sounds great. So the practices um, were... I, I wrote them because I realized in my life that there were certain things that I needed to do in order to find myself really mindful. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give them all to you and then explain one. So the, the five were connecting to essence, forgiveness, unconditional acceptance, celebrating life through gratitude and love, and then integration, putting all that together. So these right. are the five practices. And then the question came up, well, how do you get there? How right. do you get yourself so present that you find unconditional acceptance? And Unconditional acceptance, it doesn't mean you have to like what's going on in your life. It's about accepting that life is the way it is. And all the complaining and all the worry and all the fear, doubt, and disbelief and depression and stress that I create around my life doesn't usually change life. The ocean is not the ocean without waves, and life is not life without problems. But how I see that through accepting what is there gives me the opportunity to change the next moment, to change my past. So if we're focused on the past in this moment, well, all we're doing is recreating more of the past. But when we stay present and we move forward, the past becomes even more um, uh, beautiful than the one that we had. So unconditional acceptance is just saying, I accept myself first and I accept others as they are, not as I choose them to be. And in that acceptance, I let go of my need to control the outcome of whatever my desire is. And that gives me what I truly desire in life. It's an amazing process. But what happens is that as human beings, we get caught up in the resistance to accepting, not accepting or not forgiving. And that causes problems internally, which is where dis-ease comes from. It's dis-ease. Disease is together. It's the dis-ease in our bodies. So that's one of the practices. Now, how do I get there? Come on, Daniel. I mean, this all sounds great, but how do I get there? <laughs> yeah. 
I see. I want to go through all six of them really quick. Do you mind? Can I go? No, I don't mind. That's great. That way they get the whole shebang, you know, and then, you know, you can, you can buy the book if you want to. So how do I get radically mindful? Well, you do the things that we were talking about earlier, uh, meditation, uh, yoga. I use essential oils a lot. Uh-huh. Like I burn a, an incense called Palo Santo, which is sacred wood from Peru. Uh-huh. Uh, right now I have peppermint. Uh, I have a fountain. Uh, you know, those fountains that people buy to put on their desk. Yes. I put essential oils inside of it so that I'm constantly getting this aroma and it keeps me calm and it keeps me in a peaceful place. Mm-hmm. So if you have one of those fountains on your desk or at home, put essential oils in it that you like. And it will it, not only will it add aroma to your home, it'll keep you calm. And so, do you put do you put water in, in the, the oils yeah. with the water? Yeah, just throw it in there. Yeah. Right. Okay. There. And it just and you just smell this whatever it is that you put in lavender or lemongrass or but right now I have peppermint because I want to clear my sinuses and mm-hmm. kind of burn in my eyes because I put too much in there. But anyway, it, <laughs> but yeah. you know essential oils. So uh, you can use essential oils, anything to bring you back into the present moment. So so the first step is get yourself grounded in the now, and this is why it's important because number two is to ask yourself this question, and this is how you get to really deep mindfulness. Where are my thoughts right now? In this moment, where are my thoughts? Are they in the future? Are they in the past? Or are they in the present? Well, if you have to ask yourself that question, you're not present. Mm-hmm. You're probably stressed out or worrisome about something in the past or in the future. So the next question you need to ask yourself, because if you're in that state of worry or stress, you're not feeling well, you're not feeling connected. The question I ask right now, in this moment, am I okay? Am I okay right now? In other words, I haven't got my car repoed. I ha- I've been able to pay the, the, the lease. I haven't lost my job. All the things we worry about. My wife's okay. My kid's okay. Yeah, I'm actually okay. See, what happens is that we start to fear what's going to happen before it ever happens. Ninety, No, 87%, I think, is the number of the things that we worry about never come to pass. Never. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of stress on your that's body. For a nothing. lot of stress. Right? Yes, it is. So so am I okay? The next Number four is... Are the thoughts I'm currently having real? And have they ever been real? Now, think about this. So the beginning of the month, someone says, okay, I got my got my, my mortgage paid. On the fifth of the month, they're going, ah, I'm not going to be able to pay next month. And I always go, you got 20-something more days. Why are you worried about next month? Right. Have you ever not paid your mortgage? No. Has it ever been true that you never paid your mortgage? No. Then... Why are you crucifying yourself with that, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's that's the question. The next question is, so once you, you ask yourself, is this real? And most of the time it's not. Is what I'm doing right now getting me closer or further to my desired outcome? What's my desired outcome? To pay the lease, to pay the mortgage. Well, is sitting there worrying about it, eating bonbons, watching TV, getting you closer or further? Well, if it's not getting you closer, then it's getting you further. And so we have to look at our, because that's the magic. We were talking about this at the beginning of the show. That's the magic when we can stay focused in the moment, recognizing that life will have whatever problems come this way, but it's not going to move me. So I'm so mindful in the moment, so radically attentive that I'm going to stay focused that if I don't call clients, if I'm self-employed, then I'm not going to make any money and I am not going to be able to pay my lease. But it's only the fifth of the month. I, I just said the other day, uh, uh, it was the middle of January, and I said something like, uh, chill out. It's only been 14 days into this year because <laughs> mm-hmm. people are already, ah, this year yeah. sucks. I'm, you just started. How do you know that? And and so the last one, the last, number six is 
act. That means you got to do something to shift the energy that you're currently in. Get up, walk outside, walk the dogs, call a friend, call a client, anything but sit still. And when we do that more often than not, Bruce, we can find ourselves seeing results because we're actually doing the action allowing the universe to do whatever it needs to do. And we're mindful of that presence and that awareness of presence. We start making deals. We start closing deals. We start having better relationships. All these things become part of our lives. And it's a beautiful, that's, that's the only way I think I've been able to stay sane for the 24 years I've been self-employed because you know, it's like this. Up and down. Up one day I'm eating yeah. weenies, the next day I'm eating steak. Like weenies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know taking action because it's so easy to read books and listen to podcasts and shows yeah. and think I'm going to be mindful. I'm going to be mindful, but yes, you have to take action. You have to act, and that's the thing that some of us sometimes forget. That's for sure. Well, you acted, and that took you to the stage of Carnegie Hall. How did that happen? How did you get there to Carnegie Hall? Well, it's only been a, a, a few weeks since I was there and I got to tell you uh, I asked myself the same question <laughs> <laughs> because I was on stage with some people you might know Earth, Wind and Fire Yes, uh, you know a Madonna's uh, a Joe Pesky, Madonna's um, uh, guitarist and the former uh, Michael Jackson's uh, drummer and so it was a star studied event here I am right and um, another star yeah, right there in the right you. place that's at the another, right time that's right another performer uh it was a beautiful thing I, I think and i'm gonna preface at the beginning of my book i talk about why i left for the second time in my life why i left my career as you read in the bio why i left corporate why i left my position i was an advisor to the department of white house personnel for president obama i was president of organization in new york city i mean I, I did not have to walk away i walked away because life didn't make sense to me anymore uh and and in doing that this was the beautiful thing about Carnegie Hall, that the restaurant I was sitting in when that hit me, when I talk, that I talk about in my book, was literally six blocks from Carnegie Hall. And six years later that I had left, and everybody had told me, and a lot of my colleagues were calling me and going, you have lost your mind. What are you doing? You've worked so hard to build this brand, and now you're walking away. You're an idiot. You know, I, I, you know, they just weren't happy. They were like, I don't know why you're doing this. You're not talking to the White House anymore. You've resigned from presidency. You're blah, blah, blah. It went on and on. Mm-hmm. So you got to know, Bruce, that when I stood on that stage, it was redemption, right? Because I was there teaching mindfulness. I was there talking about how we can have peace and tranquility in our lives. And so I said to the audience, I told them that story. And I said, I didn't do too bad. I'm on the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, for sure. New York City, right? Uh And so that's a testament to being radically mindful every day and not listening to the noise, and doing what we were just talking about and acting and realizing that half the stuff that we're about never going to show up and never has shown up. So what are we doing? Making sure that we're using tools like yoga and meditation and essential oils to keep ourselves present. That's why I wrote the book, because I wanted to know, what did I do? I started to go inward. How can I help other people? And this stuff sounds so simple, but we don't do it. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, and I got to Carnegie Hall because I decided that I was going to stand up for what I believed. And that was mindfulness. I wanted to, that, that, that mindfulness is not flavor of the month, it, the way they're treating it. Mindfulness is a way of life. And when we can change our way of life, we can have the kind of results. Because think about it. My uh, Carnegie Hall, uh, I could have, you know, blown that off. I could have not been present if they listened to the con- or even accept the invitation. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and I think that a lot of that uh, for me was just about I came full circle 
I am now still doing what I love to do. I'm writing books on, on the mindfulness topic. Uh, and you're right. I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds, and hundreds of people uh, on this topic and, and topics like it. And, and, and still staying present and staying and breathing, 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 breathing. For those of you holding your breath right now, stop it. <laughs> I would totally agree. Totally agree. Take a breath. Yeah, a breath. absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that must have been pretty incredible. And then you were also on a documentary called Luminous World Views. Yeah, with some big people. Uh, Bruce Limpton, um, uh, Greg Braden. I met some big people on the yeah. show. That was an interesting show. I, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know? Uh, it was a, There was a, a professor from UCLA that was part of that movie. And I used to, when I would watch, he called himself Captain Wolf. Uh, um, Professor Wolf and I used to laugh because um, he he um, was kind of crazy. He was kind of like excuse me, have all these really serious people. And then you would have Doctor Wolf with his hair out the here, look like Einstein, and I would laugh and think, oh, what a crazy guy. I mean, but I liked him. When I did Luminous Word, View, Word Views, they were all so serious. I was the crazy guy going, ah, stop that. I mean, who cares anyway? I mean, we were talking about very serious matters and 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 how you know, uh, leadership and consciousness, how that kind of comes into play. And I'll be honest with you, Bruce, I, I, I'm a well-read person. I understand my topic, but I don't take it that seriously. Right. You know, because think about it. Isn't that kind of an oxymoron if you take mindfulness seriously? Oh, yeah. Right? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's going the opposite direction. It is. Yeah. So so uh, that was a great movie, and I was glad to be part of it. Uh, and again, going back to to – I should have put fun. Actually, I think I did. Integration is about fun. Integration. The practice of integration is about take it easy. You know, um, everything's going to get done. And it always, again, it always gets done. And and if you are, are, are resisting that in your life, then that's why you have this stress level or whatever it is that you have going on, disease in your body that's going yeah, on. I would agree. Yeah, we, we, can, we can have greatness in our lives when we choose it rather than choosing stress. Most people in, let's just say America, and this may this show probably goes all over the world, but in America choose stress as their choice of drug. And unfortunately it is um, accepted in our society. And, and all you have to do is go to a bar or go to a, a water cooler and hear someone saying, I'm more stressed than you. Well, I'm stressing you because I've been up three days doing my work. Uh, how is that a badge of honor? Exactly. Right? But it, it's a killer. Stress is a killer. Yeah, it absolutely is. What can you teach us about unresolved grief? You know, it's interesting because um, grief is something we have to process. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, I'm coming up on two years that my mother passed away. And that's where mm -hmm. this book came from. I started writing this book because I was so heartbroken when my mother passed away. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to do it. But I did know I had the, mind, the, the presence of mind to realize that I had to process grief. Grief is not something that we can hold internally. And, and by the way, grief is not just death. You can grieve a lover. You can grieve a uh, relationship. You can grieve loss of a job. All these, any kind of loss, a pet, any loss that we suffer as a human being needs to be processed through the lens of grief. And, and I think if you un, have unresolved grief uh, in your life, I would say first, and we didn't talk about this practice, but one of the practices is the practice of self-forgiveness is that whatever happened, the one thing that is a constant in our universe is that everything comes to an end, either by death or separation. And if we can understand that, that whatever happened 
for that loss, the job, the person, the mom, the relationship was the natural course of that relationship or that death. And that we actually, no matter what we did or could have done, had nothing to do with that expiration date. And when we can let go of that and bring that inward and love ourselves unconditionally, then we can let go and resolve that grief. Because at the end of the day, here's the thing that people might want to consider about unresolved grief. If you believe this, when we don't process our grief correctly, and I'm now talking about someone passing or a pet passing, we restrict that being from going on to wherever they need to go because we're hanging on to them. We're energetically hanging on to that, to that person, to that, that, that being, that, that energy, that spirit. And they don't get to move on because we're still processing grief. When we release that person to go wherever they need to go and we release ourselves also, it breaks that, that, that connection between us and the other side and allows that being to go on with whatever it is that they need to be doing. When we stay there, we keep them in the same spot. And it's really unfair for us to do that. But human, that's a human, it's a human response. It's, it's, it's not right or wrong. I get it why we do it. But not processing grief completely and, and having closure. That's the other thing is how do you find closure? Well, some people have, they go to the cemetery. Some people, they use uh, ashes. But I'm talking about having that conversation with that loved one if you need to by yourself and just getting it out. Get it out. Because I think holding on to grief is like what I talk about forgiveness. Many people are unwilling to forgive someone and, and unforgiving and, and not forgiving someone or yourself is like drinking poison, expecting that someone else is going to die. And grief is the same way that, that we, we continually consume this energy that doesn't do us any good at all. Thinking that, wow. we're, that somehow we are somehow we are honoring the, 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 the deceased person. We're not honoring them. We're keeping them in, in their own space of inability to go on with their spirit journey. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Daniel. Yes. And it's, it's not always easy, but it's, it's work. It's a matter it of really work. making up your mind to, to move forward. And uh, so, you know, your book comes out soon, Radical Mindfulness. And I'm fascinated that the death of your mother led to this book yeah, because I, did. I didn't know, I didn't know that before. And my, uh, my father passed away recently and, and I know it brings up a lot of thoughts and ideas and you know you journal and you talk to people and it's just so important not to push those emotions away that's for sure we want to process them uh you know yeah i had to leave my mother um because i had to bring my son back from um texas she was in texas on valentine's day mm -hmm. uh, so i haven't had a good valentine's day since she passed away because i always I had felt guilty for leaving her there. And I, and I mm -hmm. never saw her alive again because she passed away four days later. Uh, but, I, but I have resolved that and saying, you know, we want to attach it to Valentine's Day. It had nothing to do with Valentine's Day. That just happened to be the day that I had to come home. Sure. Uh, and so we, I think that part of dealing with grief is releasing the meaning that we as human beings put behind something, right? So that we can move on to something better. And if you practice these, these things that we talk about, staying in the moment, and not getting caught up in the past and not getting caught up in the future, but experiencing this present moment, absolutely like savoring a piece of steak or lettuce or whatever it is that you like uh, and really enjoying it in the moment. Then we really get to um, process that grief a little bit faster. And I'm, I'm like you. I know that. And, and I'm sorry about the um, uh, your father. 
And 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 I still have moments, Bruce, that I feel a wave of her love and it just break down in tears, you know, and that's okay. Let the tears yes. come. Sometimes the only way our heart can speak to us is through our tears. And sometimes the only way our loved ones on the other side can can reach us is when we're all open enough to be vulnerable to feel them so that they can comfort us and say, I'm good, buddy. I'm over here having a great time. What are you crying about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I agree. It's so important to, to think about it that way. Very true. Have you ever been bullied in the corporate world? And then as you transitioned into the new work that you started to do after that, did you ever experience bullying, Daniel? Yeah, I did. Uh, and bullying can look a lot of different ways, but it's a lot more shooter in the business world. Yeah. Uh, because in the business world, bullying looks like uh, you do that and you won't get a promotion or you don't yes. do this and you won't get a promotion or you don't do that and you won't become president. And if you don't do this, so the bullying um, is intense. It's intense. Uh, and yet at the same time, uh, I think just part of the broken system that we live under, uh, making it okay to... Um, to forward your your career at the expense of others. Uh, but it does happen, Bruce. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it doesn't. And as a leader myself, for, for many, many years, I can't say I didn't do it, mm. you know, which is what brought me to that breaking point that day in New York City when I realized that I don't want to live that way. It, you know, I, I don't want, figuratively speaking, a bunch of dead bodies in the wake of my career. It's just sure. not worth it. Because someday, sure. someday, you're going to answer for it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Daniel, as we move forward in the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers okay. are perfect. First one, who is one person who influenced mindfulness in your life? I would have to say my mother. I have to say my mother because she taught me, whew, sorry, she taught me to love unconditionally. She mm. loved everybody and didn't matter what, what they did or what we did as kids. She always loved us. And I think that's a, that's, that's a great trait. Is, is to be taught to unconditionally love. Even when you can't love yourself and even when you do stupid stuff, she still taught us to love no matter what. Yeah, such an important thing. Uh, how has mindfulness affected your emotions, Daniel? Well, obviously not too good. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing People wrong with going, having emotions. I'm joking. Uh, it's, uh, mindfulness has done a great, um, it's been a great staple for me because it allows me, like right now, I'm bringing myself back into the present moment. It's okay yeah. to feel that. Mm -hmm. I would say okay to go there, not okay to stay. Yeah. Uh, tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Breathing is important for me because I, I think it's important when you're in relation with other humans that before you act, you breathe. Just the... That's it. Just breathe. And what it does is it takes the charge out of the situation that you're in. It gets you to clear a little bit better, to think better. So breathing has definitely been a way for me to manage my life and relationships in a lot better way. You've written five fantastic books with the latest one being Radical Mindfulness. What book would you recommend relating to mindfulness that could help other than your own books? <laughs> read mine. You know what? I don't know if I would, cons I would consider this a mindfulness book, but it's not written about mindfulness, but it does touch on mindfulness. And that's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Uh, it's one of those books that I have read so many times. And so much of what we're being taught today and what we believe came from that from that book. I mean, and so I think that if you now, I'll be honest with you, when I first heard Think and Grow Rich, I thought it was a, some Avon book, some M MLM thing. Say, Who can think yeah. and grow rich? Get out of here, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I finally cracked the book and read it and it's full 
of powerful, powerful things that deal with mindfulness in the book. It is. It's full of mindfulness concepts. Absolutely. Yes. And it was just ahead of its time. In Way my opinion. ahead of its time. You know, they didn't use the word mindfulness, no, they did they? No. no. They use words no. that even now I can't pronounce. <laughs> uh, could you recommend an app at all that either you use or maybe some of your, yeah. your people do? I'm going to recommend. I got my phone here, so let me look at it so I can give you the right. Yeah. Sure. But I do have an app that I think is really cool, and it's called Bowls. Can you hear the? Can you hear it? I can hear it. Yeah. It's called bowls, and what it is is that in here, it's got look. It's got all the different singing bowls. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you can be on a plane and you put it on, and you have all these bowls, and you can just create the sound to kind of put you into a peaceful moment. It's great. It's called bowls, and it's on. Um, I don't. It doesn't tell me who the manufacturer is, but it, now it even has a recording. You can record your voice with the bowls it's really a neat neat oh, app. oh that is cool yeah, yeah. that so is enjoy very it. cool. it's great yeah and now you can do record i didn't even know that just right now yeah you yeah. record your voice or whatever and and i use it on a plane because i you know i want to get centered and you know how crazy and loud it is and getting all stirred up to sit down i just put my headphones on and i start playing one of the singing bowls in there and it's beautiful Great way to get focused. Well, I know you're found at danielgutierrez.com and at Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L. And your last name is G-U-T-I-E-R-R-E-Z, as we say in Canada. Z yeah, I heard in that the other day. I, I was like, Z? What the hell is a Z? What the hell is you that? Know, well, son, is... I got to tell you, my son last night was, I said, you know what? Someone just calls the Z a Z. She goes, what? Because I have a friend here from Canada. And and he says so he stops and he's he's really perplexed. He goes yeah. A B C D E F G. So he's singing the alphabet and he goes, yes. that nah, it doesn't work." <laughs> <laughs> it works for us, it Daniel. Does. I know. I, know for you. I, know. I want to hear the song though. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> it's been great talking to you, Daniel. What a what a great time. Yeah, and thank you for writing your five books to share with the world. Thank you. Then go to Amazon yeah. and find them all. Yeah, for sure. Well, you have a great rest of your day and all the best to you, Daniel. Thank you. Have a beautiful rest of your day. And thank you for allowing me to address your your fan base and, and, and talk a little bit about something that's important to me, mindfulness. My pleasure, Daniel. Bye now. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us today in Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type in the guest's name or the episode number into the search bar. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen. Maybe that's on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or the Podbean app. Hit subscribe and share because subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. We appreciate it so much over here at Mindfulness Mode. Oh, and don't forget to check out Keith McPherson's mindfulness training, his online course. It's called Making Sense of Mindfulness, same name as his terrific book. Well, check it out at mindfulnessmode.com slash ms. O-M, making sense of mindfulness. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode. <laughs>